Welcome to the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Dela Cruz, founder of the Wayne Dyer Wisdom Community on Facebook and angeltarot.org. My guest today is a successful DJ and nightclub owner in Melbourne, Australia. Living the life of a rock star, alcohol and party drugs were just part of the scene. But after lockdown, when the pandemic hit earlier this year, this DJ found himself using as much as before, but this time without the party. He decided it was time to make a change and committed to one year of sobriety. He has been deep diving into spirituality as he advocates for mental health and men's suicide prevention. He is an ambassador for Mindful Oz, fundraising to end the stigma, spread awareness, and provide support where it's needed most. Brandon Mangin, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me uh, to be a guest on this podcast. I feel truly honored to be chatting with you today. Um, and Nadia, I just wanted to quickly acknowledge you as well for the wonderful community that you have built uh, to help keep the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer alive. Uh, I'm sure he's quite thankful uh, for the work you're doing. And yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. Um, the group is amazing. The podcast is amazing. So yeah, I just want to say a thank you for the work you're doing. And it's amazing. Well, thank you so much for, for saying that. This is something very near and dear to my heart. Um, so it's kind of a labor of love. Um, yeah. And actually, we met through the Wayne Dyer Wisdom community on Facebook. You posted a little video of uh, from one of Wayne Dyer's talks. But you interestingly, you had a little introduction that you recorded <laughs> with yourself on camera. And um, I saw that and something just stood out to me. And it would have been so easy to overlook that and just move on. But there was something about your energy. There was something about your authenticity. There was something about um, a passion um, that I could see just from that little moment from you. And I was like, who is this person? And I reached out and it turned out that you actually have this incredible cause that you're advocating for. So I'm really excited to have this opportunity to bring you on the podcast. I'm so excited. Thank you again. And now I'm friends with a rock star, which, you know, cooler <laughs> than that, right? Yeah. So Brandon, you've had incredible success as a DJ and a club owner. Can you tell me how did you get started in all of that? Oh, wow. Well, I started when I was quite young. I was around 13 years old. Um, and it was just a hobby for me when I was in school DJing. And I remember I started playing it at under 18 um, events and parties um, and became quite popular uh, as a as a young kid DJing at all these people's parties. And that everyone was going to parties and, you know, the DJs are always the ones that are in the sort of spotlight. So I was in the spotlight at, at such a young age. Um, and I, I'm so lucky that, um, everything that's happened has been amazing. Uh, my DJ career has taken off and I was touring the world, uh, by the time I, I hit 18. Um, and so I've, I've had some incredible experiences. Um, but in saying that it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows, um, having that, that being in the spotlight and having that sort of success and that fame at such a young age isn't quite normal. And it's, it's a hard thing for such a young adult to experience. Um, and I did get caught up uh, in a self-destructive cycle of abusing alcohol and party drugs while I, I was touring. Um, and only now I'm realizing that it, it was a real problem and that I needed help um, because I was just going with the flow and going with the, without any conscious thought, I was just partying and it was taking a massive toll uh, on my, my health mentally and physically. Yeah. I mean, I think that for any 
um, young person that has a level of fame or a level of success. It's really common. We see that in Hollywood a lot, right? Like child yeah. actors, and then they get kind of caught up in it. It's hard to um, self-moderate, I think, at a young age or even to recognize what path you're headed down. So, um, yeah, party scene is, is um, really fun, especially when you're young, right? But then at yeah. a certain point, it's like... Um, maintaining balance and health in that environment, I imagine, would, would be challenging. So mm. so you performed all around the world. You've got quite a following. Yeah. Um, so you are part of a, uh, a DJ duo, aren't you? Yeah, I'm part of a DJ duo called Teddy Cream. Very cool. Yeah. Well, congratulations for all of your success. Um, thank you. Thank you. I know you... You can find them on Instagram and Spotify and um, check that out. So so what was a typical day like for you, especially when you're traveling and going to these clubs? Like, what was that experience like? It was quite full on. Um, I spent most of the time touring in the UK and, and Ireland. Uh, most of our fans are from there. Uh, but the, the touring sort of schedule is quite hectic. Uh, and we were playing uh, shows every almost every night and and I, I was partying so hard at one show and my problem was I didn't know when to stop and I'd party all the way through to the next morning and you'd maybe have one or two hours sleep and have to play again the next night and travel three hours in a car or on a plane somewhere so it, it did become a massive burden so to speak um, and it got to the point it was affecting my work as well, not just my my own physical and mental health. It was affecting my work, my family relationships, pretty much everything. So the touring and all that was great. Um, I loved being able to travel the world, but there was a there was a dark side to it. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure when you were traveling, <laughs> you must have just been like comatose on the plane or wherever you were. Right? <laughs> like, whoa, that guy is knocked out because <laughs> living so hard the rest of the time. Yeah. And then you opened your own um, club. Yeah, I opened my own nightclub uh, called Mango Club in Melbourne, uh, which went on to be one of the most prestigious nightclubs uh, for Friday nights uh, in Melbourne. Uh, for fresh 18 to 23 year olds. So that was such a great success. And I'm so grateful that it did so well. Um, and I eventually went on to uh, launch a second nightclub, which is called Levels as well. Um, it was an old nightclub, but um, I helped my friends friends relaunch it. Um, and we lasted about six parties. We were doing over 2000 people every week. And then we were forced to shut uh, due to the coronavirus and all the lockdowns. So my whole world came crashing down all at once. I had my DJ uh, world and my, my running the nightclubs and it all sort of came tumbling down and it's all I had known. So it, it, it was a, it was a tough time, but it was a time that I feel like needed to happen for me um, because I have taken the steps to turn my life around now. And I, I'm, I'm quite thankful that it did happen. Uh, I'm sort of seeing it as a, as a silver lining. Yeah. I think it'll be really interesting when we look back on this year, all the stories of people's lives changing or things happening at just the right time, you know, mm. that could be the worst thing that ever happened, right? Your your yeah. livelihood goes down the drain and what do you do now? And all of a sudden, like everything stops 
or it could be the best thing ever, or it could be this opportunity to kind of reimagine yourself and reimagine your life and, and take a different path, or maybe just make the path that you're on um, more fulfilling, more rewarding, more authentic, more um, supportive of being a whole healthy human being. Um, so the pandemic hits, the club gets shut down, and the clubs are still closed, aren't they? Yeah, the clubs are closed. My DJing, I can't travel. I was supposed to be on a three-month European tour, uh, the best possible tour that we, we ever had planned, uh, playing it to shows to tens of thousands of people, um, and we couldn't do that. So I was a bit lost. But at the same time, I had a feeling that uh, I, I played uh, at my own club on March 13 or March 14, and I had a feeling that this was going to be the last time we were going to play for a while. Um, and I was... To be brutally honest, I was sort of relieved because I needed a break. I was I was drained, I was emotionally drained, um, and and I just knew that something was around the corner. I had this feeling, um, and it, well, it did happen. It, it it happened, but um, and maybe it's been going on for a bit longer than I would have hoped for. Uh, I've had a, a nice long break now. So I, I'm looking forward to getting back into it uh, when it when it does reopen. <laughs> Is there any word on, on the club's reopening? No, we have, we're still in a strict lockdown here in Melbourne uh, at the time of this recording. Um, yeah. we've, we're only getting five cases in the whole state a day uh, and we're locked down. We can't leave within without five kilometers of our home, which is like three miles for you. Um, wow. It, yeah. It's That's a, strict. It's, a, it's quite <laughs> a draconian uh, measures here in Melbourne, but it is what it is. Um, I try not to watch too much of the mainstream media and the news and, and I'm just, you know, sort of using it as an opportunity to reinvent myself and to knuckle down and be really grateful for the things that I do have in my life. Um, and I feel like it's, it's been the perfect opportunity to sort of just do some soul searching and to go deep and reflect. And I may be in lockdown now, but I can honestly say that I'm the happiest I've been since I've, since I've been a child. So yeah. That's great to hear. Well, all the pressure's off. I mean, all the rewards are maybe off too, at least externally, but the pressure's <laughs> off. And yeah. um, so you made a decision to um, give up drugs and alcohol and yeah. how many days have you been on this journey of sobriety now? Ooh, I just hit my one, one, one day sober uh, a few days ago. So I'm not exactly sure, but it's it's getting towards the 120 day mark. Uh, Congratulations. Sober. Thank you so, so much. What motivated that decision? I was always into reading personal development and self-help books, but I would read a book and then go on a three day bender drink binge drinking and doing cocaine and things like that and i would forget everything i'd read um so it's like i was i was taking in a bit of knowledge here and there but i wasn't really applying anything and i just i had a feeling inside of me um especially when lockdown happened and i was still partying you know in my bed for no reason um whatsoever so and i i remembered wayne dyer's quote don't die with your music still in you and that kept playing over and over in my head. And I'm like, there's got to be more to life than what I'm doing now. Like, I'm so successful in my DJing and my nightclub work. And I'm so grateful for that. But 
I wasn't truly fulfilled and I knew that I had a, an, another calling. Um, and it, it was only until I was sober for about a month when all these thoughts just started popping into my head and I didn't even know what life coaching was then. Um, and I sort of, you know, oh, well, like I can, I've got such a great platform and I love watching all these, reading these books. Uh, I could actually, it never clicked to me that I could be doing this myself. Um, and so with the platform that I have, I'm like, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to be of service to others. Um, and one day I was listening to, uh, I think it was a podcast called The Mindset Mentor uh, by Rob Dial. And he was talking about in times of such chaos and pandemonium, the world desperately needs leaders and people to stand up. Um, and, and come out because everyone's sort of just uh, either they're going, crawling up into a little ball or they're just playing victim and, and, you know, like blaming the government and things like that. And so I thought, you know, I could be a, a breath of fresh air in such a, in such a dark time. Um, and that's what I, I chose to do. I chose to, I, I was quite negative as well, um, posting things about, oh, you know, why is this happening to us? But I, I I had a shift. I had a shift and I, I stopped posting all that stuff, um, fear mongering. Uh, and I just, I told myself that I'm just going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to go deep. Going to, I started meditating. Uh, and you know, this is where, where it all came about. So I'm just on a mission now to, to heal the world with love and kindness and to inspire people to sort of seek help if they are struggling like I was. And also just to be a, a beacon of light in, in a world that can be seen as so dark for some people. Yes, well said. <laughs> and I, I can relate to so much of that because, I mean, I was a student of Wayne Dyer for 20-something years and never once did I think about, you know, trying to share that message myself. Yeah. And it, like, it wasn't planned at all. It just kind of happened for me. Yeah. Um, but I feel that. I feel like... Right now, people are either retreating or they're lashing out, and there's a lot of um, feeling powerless, um, feeling victimized, and it just doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve us to focus on what's wrong in the world. It doesn't serve us to mm. um, feel like something is happening to us instead of for us, which then we have no influence or control over. So I really think right now that being a light and we're all lights and whether we choose to shine it or not, it's I think up to what feels right yeah. to us. But yeah. but yeah, so your sobriety, obviously you notice that, okay, why am I still using when I'm not in the environments I was in before? Um, was it was it just like, okay, I need to stop and see what happens and then you found spirituality or was spirituality kind of knocking at the door and that hmm. motivated you to take this path? So I was never really into the spirituality side of things. I was quite an atheist, um, very scientific based. Like I'm uh, listening to a lot of Joe Rogan and things like that, where they just shit on, on anything, uh, religious. Um, but I, I, I never was open to the possibility about the spiritual world. And because I was always sort of doing drugs and drinking, I, I never opened up myself to that. So I was just, I love personal development and mindset and behavior type things, but it only when I got sober that I started finding all this spiritual uh, stuff. And, and I feel like we need to have that balance between heart set, mindset and soul set, and not just one or the other, 
because a lot of people get very, uh, you know, mindset, 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 be a, be a, you know, strong guy and, you know, conquer your dreams and your goals, um, and, you know, kill it. But at the same time, if you're lacking in your soul set and your, your, your spiritual purpose and things like that, it's, you're going to be out of alignment. And so that's something I was struggling with a lot as well. Um, balancing the two, because I was one time I'd be reading books like, um, like listening to impact theory and Tom Billiou and some of the guys like David Goggins and Jocko Willick, these Navy seal guys who were like hard ass. And then I'd be listening to <laughs> Wayne Dyer and, and him talking about the Dow. And it's just like, you know, accomplish much by trying less. And so I was sort of caught in, in between two worlds. I'm like, I've got these two awesome, like there's one end of the spectrum and then there's the other end of the spectrum. And I, I didn't know where I fit in between the two. And, and I, I did get, fall down uh, the road of, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to let this mindset stuff go. I'm just going to be all spiritual. And, and I sort of misinterpreted it and was just being all lazy. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do any work. It's just what, whatever comes through me will flow through me. Um, but I, I, and then <laughs> it, it took a while to, to understand that, you know, we are living in the world of the 10,000 things as, as they call it. Um, and you do have to have a balance. You can't just, you know, go off into the mountaintops and meditate and not do anything. So it, for me, it was just finding a good balance so I could in, incorporate sort of this spirituality um, and the mindset into my into the work I'm doing. So I'm just working on finding my niche right now and, and creating my own style. I think that path of exploration is when we usually feel kind of the most ungrounded or sometimes even the most lost, but it's yeah. actually the most exciting. And <laughs> when we look back, like when we were like exploring different things and dabbling in things, it'd be like, we look back on those moments in our life as like the most exciting, the most thrilling. But when yeah. we're in it and you don't really know where you're going to land or what's coming next or where you're going to end up, it can actually be like... I have no idea what I'm doing or where I'm going, but you're sampling things and you're living life and that's really exciting. And what you're talking about here is it's actually that contrast between the warrior and the sage, right? Yeah. And it's that that driving yeah. force and that strength and that like taking control of your life, which absolutely has a place. It really does. Yeah. And then there's that other side of that, um, which often comes like in the second half of life. Um, mm. Not always, but um, <laughs> more often it's it's when people are older. I, I found spirituality when I was young. Um, yeah. But there is that balance and there is that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. So you can't like have one without the other and and you can't be human without also being spiritual like you don't have to try to be spiritual like that is the nature of what you are so yeah. i think so many people worry about like getting it right or doing the right thing or being spiritual enough but that's just ego coming into your definition of spirituality that um yeah. you can't not be spiritual that that is the essence of that is the essence of what we are so I'm curious, are you part of like a, a program? Like, did you join AA? Is this something that you're just doing on your own? Like, I, it's funny because a lot of people were telling me to go see a psychologist and things like that. And I, I just, I did it myself. Um, I was, it was just breaking that, that first uh, cycle of, you know, that, going two or three weeks without it and then just building, you build momentum. So I didn't see a, a GP or a, or a medical practitioner, um, but it's not to say that I don't recommend it for other people who may be struggling, um, but I just, and 
I feel like because I was locked down as well, uh, there was nowhere to go. Um, it was, it's a lot easier for me to stop. Uh, I don't know if I could have done, uh, as long as I have been, if the clubs were still open and that. So, um, I see it as just a, a blessing. So it's, it's been the perfect, um, sort of map, map out for me. So, you know, with mm-hmm. the lockdown and all that happening, um, I was able to, to build momentum and, and to read. And when I, when I signed up to my life coaching school that I'm learning life coaching at, that was sort of my, okay, I'm making a commitment now. I'm spending, you know, $15,000 or whatever it is to, for three years of study. I can't afford to go out and have a, have a bender and do cocaine and then to be in bed coming down hungover for, for four days because that's four days I could be, you know, working on this pa- little passion project that I've, I've discovered. And it, and it was so new in me. So I was so excited. So I sort of, it, it's not worth it. Um, it's not worth doing that anymore because I found my, a, a purpose and a calling. And, and I feel like that's why I was going through all these years of, of just binge drinking and that, because I didn't have anything else. Um, and when I did find, uh, meaning, when I did find meaning, then I, I didn't have time for that stuff anymore. So and it's, you know, it's time, time that I could be spending reading a book. So, yeah. Yeah. Wayne Dyer talks about from ambition to meaning. And yeah, pretty said much. That beautifully. Yeah. Right? And like you're still lighting up, but in a new way from something else. And, yeah. uh, you know, what you talk about that, it was easier for you not to do drugs because of lockdown. But I think for a lot of people, it's actually the opposite. Um, because how common is it for us to kind of self-medicate with substances or self-comfort or like, oh, I've had a hard day. I really need a drink. Right. Like how many people say that? And um so it's really common, mm-hmm. I think, for us to to manage our emotions with drugs and alcohol and with people being scared yeah. and afraid and locked in. I think I think the the rate of abuse and depression is probably skyrocketing right now. So I love that mm-hmm. you're here to talk about mental health and men's suicide prevention and you seem very passionate about it. Is this is this something that has affected you personally or maybe friends and family? Are there people around you that have been impacted by this? The mental health and suicide prevention sort of, I didn't realize that I, I was borderline depressed um, in all this, this journey of, of abusing alcohol and party drugs. Um, and so for me, I feel like men, especially young men, should be able to be vulnerable and talk about their thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Because a lot of a lot of men, they they bottle it up inside, and they feel like they there's a stigma around it, right? Um, and what I what I did was just come out and share and be authentic and be vulnerable um, to hopefully inspire other people to do the same because a lot of men, uh, you know, your mate you t- will be like, oh, you'll, you'll get over it, you know, oh, harden up type thing. So it's just coming out and expressing yourself and young men don't do that enough. And I feel like if we did, there would be less addiction uh, and less sort of delving into these dark rabbit holes that we sort of can get trapped in. So 
I believe that the antidote to addiction is connection and just having good conversations with people and being there and creating the space for your friends uh, rather than, you know, just bottling it up. And, you know, when someone asks how you are, I just say, yeah, I'm good and not really sort of go deep. So that's what I'm, I'm just really about coming out and being yourself and, and letting, letting your inner child free as well. You know, I, I'm all for, I'm not sure if you've seen, I post so many videos of me dancing and singing. I'm quite flamboyant for a, for a male <laughs> and you know, I, 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 I cop a lot of shit for it too, but I don't care. Like that's me. I love dancing to Madonna and, <laughs> and Shania Twain. Um, but, and I feel like more men should be able to do that and just express themselves. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, and it's not just young men, it's older men too. It's probably oh, yeah, with yeah. older men. There's so yeah. much, there's so much stigma. And it seems like, um, oh, I love what you said about connection. I don't want to skip over that because <laughs> yeah. I totally agree with you. I think that the, the antidote to addiction is connection. And they've actually done experiments around that, which are fascinating. When I spoke to Craig Stanland a couple of episodes ago, and he was locked up in federal prison, and he was having this vision of his own suicide running through his head all day, all night for like, I think it was four months. I mean, he was haunted by it and he couldn't talk to anybody. And I mean, this was a very dark road that he was going down. And ultimately what he came to was this understanding that connection was everything and that our self-worth should be based on just being a human being, just being available to another person. And that was inspired for him when a friend of his came to see him and he realized that this guy just needed his friend, just needed his friend. And that means yeah. a lot. Now, when it comes to things like depression and mental health, you know, it seems like it's not the same reaching a woman as reaching, reaching a man. And I think part of that is culturally, you know, we're conditioned. It's okay for women to be emotional. It's okay for women to like, well, express certain emotions. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. Um, you know, but it's one thing to say like, oh, you're feeling sad. Oh, me too, or whatever, right? But for a guy to come to his friends and say that or to a coworker or anybody, really, it's a different thing. So, um, is there some way that we can approach is it just men approaching men like how do we how do we reach these guys that need that need a little support yeah i think for men it's just having creating a, a friendship group and and having people who can champion you and support you and it, it could even just be one person that you, you have a sort of a little pact with where you can talk to each other about things um because most of the problem that come from, from men are they just bottle things up and it's so, it's so much more, uh, what's the word? If you can just talk about it, feel your emotions and then let them pass. It's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot better for your energy and for, for everything. And, and I felt that as well. Um, th there is a stigma in sort of, you know, you've just, don't worry about it. You'll be right type thing as well. Toughen and up. Toughen up. And, and I, I, I feel like you can't just ignore it completely either. I feel like you should be able to, to feel what you're feeling, acknowledge it, and then let it go. And, and that's, I feel like, the safest way. I couldn't agree with you more. 
I mean, yeah. for me, I feel things strongly. Um, again, it's more acceptable because I'm a woman. If I start crying in front of you, it's not as weird. Um, <laughs> it shouldn't be that way, but it is. Um, and for me, if I try to suppress what I'm feeling, if I try to deny it, if I try to pretend it's not there, it's like mm. it it won't leave me. And it's just it's stronger, you know, and it, it makes me think of that saying that we're only as sick as our secrets. And if, oh, yeah. you can, if you can air it out and let it see the light of day, sometimes all you have to do is admit to one person. You could just admit to one person and say, hey, man. I'm really having a hard time. And oh, yeah. just that in itself might lighten it because then, you know, you realize there's nothing wrong with you and it's it's okay to let it out. It's okay to be having a hard time. You don't have to be the strong person all the time. Yeah, there's a song by Alan Stone called Where You're At. Um, and the lyric uh, sort of resonated with, with me so much. It's, you know, keep your dirt on the surface and just love where you're at. Um, and that song sort of hit home for me. And and because I did have all these demons and things and I was just keeping it, holding them into myself. And when, when I did have the idea to come out and share my, my personal battles, um, I, I, my ego almost talked me out of it a million times. Um, but I'm so glad I did it because it, it felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Um, and I, I get messages every single day from people saying you're just watching your journey has inspired me to make better choices as well. It's like, I'm not coming out there and sort of just forcing it down people's um, throats. You know, you have to do this. You have to stop taking drugs. Like, you know, like you can do your own thing. I just want to sort of uh, put my story out there and hopefully some people can see it and also feel a, a, a little, uh, what's the word? Like a, just to get a little bit of inspiration and to maybe sort of think to themselves, oh, if Brandon's doing it, I can do it too. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then and then maybe it's not something like uncool or like to be ashamed of. This isn't stupid. Like, no, maybe I, you know, maybe I'm going to mm. take a break from using and see how, see how my life changes too, right? People are going to think that when they see your story. So um, I truly believe that the one thing we have to share in this world is who we are oh, yeah. and everything else is just details. The words that we say, where we show up, what kind of work that we do, it's details. What, what reaches people is who we are. And that's really what we have to share. So your authenticity and your truth and sharing your story, that's going to reach people. And, and because of you having um, this platform, of fans who already know you, you, you can reach, um, you can reach this whole group of people that maybe wouldn't have already been hearing these, these messages. Yeah. And I feel like I'm um, going back in and study, studying people like Wayne Dyer and things like that. It's when I'm in, when I'm sitting in my meditations, I, 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 I call out to Wayne and I say, Wayne, let me be a vessel to teach your teachings to my younger generation, because I don't feel like there's many people that are, are, are preaching these sort of things these things to young adults and I have the, the, the platform. So it's, I'm, I'm trying to filter through all these amazing teachings um, and get them to these upcoming generations as well. Yeah. That's so important because it's not like the teachings aren't out there, but yeah. they're not aimed at, they're not reaching the younger generation. And yeah. um, so anybody that can help do that, it's, it's really important. And it's not like it's new information. Yeah. Um, but when the student is ready, the teacher appears and you could be that teacher. 
Yeah, I love I love that quote. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, since you mentioned Wayne Dyer, how did you first learn about Wayne Dyer? How did you discover him? <laughs> well, my mom has has wishes wishes fulfilled, um, and she's got a whole like. I've read a few books like Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, and and a, a few spiritual books like that. Um, but there was I just had a, a compelling sort of energy towards this book, and it had been in a in a bookshelf, you know, that's been away for a while. And I picked it up one day, and I saw it, and I I saw Wayne's bald head staring at me, and I thought, I'm going to read you one day. And I I took it and I, I put it on my bed. And it sat there for a few weeks, but, you know, I just, I picked it up and I started reading it. And then also my friend, Adam Edwards, who um, I'm, I'm sure, uh, who I introduced you to uh, not long ago, he was also a nightclub owner uh, in Melbourne who had been through it all and sort of got out of that world and went into spiritual life coaching. And he was sending me a, a fair few Wayne Dyer videos and, and things like that. So I started reading Wishes Fulfilled and ever since then I just more videos would pop up out of nowhere and people would send me clips of Wayne and his voice is just so the way he it's it's very soothing um I loved I always loved the Eckhart Tolle and the power of now uh, but he's quite hard to understand. Um, yes. So, so Wayne, you got teach- to listen yeah. closely to yeah. him. He's yeah. got he's got gold in there, but you got oh, yeah. attention. <laughs> yeah. So, so having that that person who can deliver these these spiritual messages in in such a way that's relatable um, was was amazing, and I, and I was hooked. I uh, I watched you know his lecture on change your thoughts, change your life. I watched the shift, um, and I started just getting pretty much all of his books. And I have a problem where I, I can't sit there and read a whole book from start to finish. I get so excited and I read, you know, a chapter from this one and then I hear him talk about another book. Uh, so I'll go and get the other one. And But I feel like it's it's quite, it's, it's, it's okay to sort of take little bits of inspiration from everywhere. Um, people learn differently. <laughs> so I just... Mm-hmm. I'm just going with the flow. Right now I'm listening to there's a spiritual solution to every problem on audio. I'm doing change your thoughts, change your life, like one verse a day. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just a, I'm dancing between everything and, and I'm loving it. Well, in a perfect universe, there can be no accidents. And yeah. so I think that, you know, it's great to follow those impulses. It's key to listen to what feels right to you in that moment. Doesn't matter how anybody else does it. Doesn't matter yeah. how your mentor did it. Doesn't matter how I do it, right? Like if it feels right to you, great. Because whatever you're going to find, you know, is right for you in, in that moment. And so like whoever's mm. listening to this podcast today, Maybe it's something we recorded two years ago, but it's relevant to your life now. And I mm. really believe in that, that like when we're ready, that that's when we find it. So, you know, Wayne Dyer's stuff has been out there for a while. And now yeah. all of a sudden, like you can't yeah. get enough, right? Yeah. And it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like Wayne was, was talking about how when he needed a sort of a guidance or a message, he'd just open up a random book and there, there it was. So, and so that's what I've been trying. I've been, I've been going to sleep sort of with a change of thoughts, change of life in my hands. Uh, just like, you know, bring me some wisdom. <laughs> but, but yes, yeah, like there's, there's been so many synchronicities happening. Um, and 
you know, like I, I sent you that photo today with the, the, the number plates, Dow, uh, things like that. It's just um, ever since I started meditating and really going within, um, I've noticed so many things happening and it's such a, a, such a fast pace as well. It's like it's all coming, rushing through. Um, and I was never open to that in the past. So, and I was quite skeptical, but now that, uh, there's a, a few things happen with a few mediums come through and I'd, a few readings that I've had and they were just too, too real to, to sort of, uh, to brush up, to brush off. So I'm open to everything now and, and I'm just going to go with the flow and take it as it comes. And it, it's very exciting, especially for, you know, this is the first I've been on the spiritual journey for maybe a couple of months now and every day gets better. <laughs> wow. What a testimony. That's so beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. You know, um, we're all on a journey. Your journey is really exciting right now. And so um, it's great to get to talk to you about that. And, uh, you know, I know that we're going to inspire people. And um, it's just so interesting to see how things develop and that it really is about when we're ready. Mm. And like these woo-woo things can happen or these synchronicities. You're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Right. (laughs) And I don't I don't think we ever get over the wow of that because I still get that, too. Like, I mean, especially with people that are coming to me now. Like, it's just amazing the synchronicities that, that we have, particularly with Wayne. I, I think he's having a good time with this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we're all one. Everything's connected. We are energy. So, of course, we're connected to all of it. Of course, we can receive messages. Of course, Wayne can still talk to us on a one-on-one basis. And so many people have that experience. And um, it's a beautiful thing. And I, and I think it doesn't just show, it's not just about Wayne. You know, mm. it's about our ancestors. It's about it's about the divine. It's about the nature of who of who we really are. So, yes, have a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing. And, you know, life can be such an amazing experience. And that when we go through difficult times, that that's an opportunity for awakening. That's that is a chance for a turning point in our lives. Mm. And, and that's a choice point for us. And I think if we looked at everything as happening for us instead of to us, including the pandemic, including everything that's been happening in this year that is almost like a bad word now, 2020, right? <laughs> like, we're never going to forget this year. And um but at the same time, like there's so many amazing things that are happening for you, that are happening for me, and I'm hearing all these stories, so it's really fun for me. So now you've committed to this one year of sobriety. What what happens at the end of that year? To be honest with you, <laughs> I committed to the one year sober um, because a lot of people do sober October, dry July, things like that, right. and to, to raise mm-hmm. funds for me- for mental health and charities. Um, but I didn't want to just be like everyone else and do a month. So uh, I had to, I had to think, you know, what can I do that will really make a difference and really sort of give me a, a, a basis to, to go from. And I couldn't think of anything else, but a year and a, a year for me in being 
this in the scene that I was and the amount of drinking and partying that I did. And I'm not going to lie. I love partying. Like it's so fun. Um, I hated coming down and being hung over, but I love partying. So for, for when I came out and I said, I'm going a year sober, people were shocked and people like, were doubting me, messaging me saying, there's no way you can do that. Like you're Teddy cream. You're this DJ party rock star. How the, <laughs> like you literally post videos of you sculling bottles of vodka and crowd surfing. How the hell are you going to do this? And, and I, I, I just knew, I knew inside of me that I can do it. Um, and I, once I, I stopped letting my, my thoughts and other people telling me I can't. And I just, I just did it. And I'm not good. Like for the first couple of weeks, it was hard because I, I kept thinking like, oh, I love having a beer so much. How am I going to go a year without, you know, just in, even enjoying a nice beer with a meal, let alone going out yeah. and binge drinking. But I feel like if I went a year sober and I committed to it and I, and I, and I stuck to it, how amazing would I feel at the end of that year that I actually – like obviously it would be the most transformational year of my life and I could be so proud of myself to actually see something through and, and I feel like giving that one year uh, one year off drinking um is something that I'm not doing it for anyone else um I, I'm I'm doing it to sort of raise funds for the for mental health and suicide prevention but at the same time I'm helping myself uh, if I didn't stick to the to if I didn't do the year sober um, I may not be where I am now. And because, you know, one drink leads to two drinks and two drinks leads to buying a bag of cocaine for me. So, um, I had to do a year that, that there was no other, there was no other option at the end of the year. I'm not sure, uh, to be completely honest, I'm not sure. I haven't thought about it. Um, and I'm not thinking about it. I'm just going to go with the flow. Uh, if I, I can see myself maybe having a beer or two with my dad at dinner in the future. Uh, I'm not going to sort of just close myself off to that because I think if I, if I force, force it away and say, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this. I'm sort of pushing it away and it's going to bring more anxiety. And I noticed in, in, in me that when I, I was saying, Oh, can I, can I do this? Can I not? It was, I was feeling uneasy. Um, so I'm just like, you know what? Whatever, like whatever happens, happens. <laughs> so yeah get to the year and then whatever well i mean at the end of the year you're not going to be the same person that you were at the beginning of the year exactly and like with everything it's so important you can only take it one day at a time yeah i mean wayne dyer talked about that he used to drink he never had a problem with drinking but he would have a few beers pretty much every night mm. and um one of his teachers said, if you want to reach the levels that I'm talking about that are possible for you, you need to give up these substances that are harmful to your body. Mm. So he stopped drinking, but he, you know, he would take it one day, one day at a time. Yeah. He said that so, in his, uh, change of thoughts, change of life lecture, right? He talked about, yeah. you know, he goes, I don't know if I'm going to drink again, but I know for a fact that today it's not happening. <laughs> so it's yeah. just sort of taking it a day at a time. That's how you do it. And, yeah. and if you focus on something and you're pushing it away, it's it comes like back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like you're you're drawing it into yourself. And so many people mm. do this, especially when they're spiritual and they think like this is what they're supposed to do. And it's really funny because Ram Dass talks about this, about, you know, if you're actively not smoking or you're actively not doing anything, he mm. says it's like being a horny celibate. 
right? Like yeah. you're not actually like, you know, you're fighting against something rather than um, <laughs> moving away from it. Like it doesn't yeah. leave you because whatever you resist persists. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, and, and one thing as well, when people sort of, some people still say to me uh, like, oh, we're going to, like without, some people don't know that I'm doing a year sober and they'll say, oh, I can't wait to catch up for a few drinks and things like that. I don't, I don't say, you know, I, I'm not drinking at the moment. I'm trying, I'm trying to quit. I'm, I'm just saying, I don't do it. I don't do yeah. it. Because if I say I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to, it becomes this, this mental battle that you, you put on yourself. And it's just, you know, I don't, I don't do it anymore. I don't do it. I think it's also yeah. an opportunity for peer pressure. Like people might think you want some encouragement to have a good time <laughs> or something, you know? Yeah. So, and then if you don't want to leave room for that, if it's a choice that you've already made, but so, I mean, gosh, but this career that you have, like, is this even, is this even possible? Is this even sustainable? Now, assuming yeah. things open back up and you can travel and your, and your club is going again, like, is it possible to like go and do these shows with, without drugs and alcohol? It definitely is. Um, because the thing that's most important to me is, is, and when I'm touring the world and when I'm playing is giving my 100% and being there and being present. Um, and I, I, I've i always loved taking photos with fans and really sort of my thing is when I'm out there and when I'm meeting people, in the back of my mind, it's how can I make this the most magical moment for this person? So in the back of my, in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, how can I make this person's day? How can I make this person's day? Um, and it's whether it's just saying, you know, like, complimenting them and saying thank you so much for your support like i'm going to remember you Rem just something as small as remem remembering their name um and i love doing that but when i was you know drinking a lot or doing drugs um you know i'd be i wouldn't be 100 percent, and i'd be traveling you know day after day and the next day that i'd play i'd be at 20 percent, half empty you know not not really wanting to talk to anyone and so you know I, I could have come across as rude to someone who's been waiting so long to see me so that always uh that thought was always in the back of my mind that i'm not i'm not serving people uh the best way i can if i'm if i'm altering my state um yeah. and and i'm I, i'm so looking forward to doing this again from a fresh perspective and with the mindset I have now, because I know I can make such a, a bigger difference. And like, like Wayne says, you know, you can only give what you have inside of you. And I was running at a point where I didn't have anything to give. Um, and as, as much as I, I love trying to lift people up, um, I was drowning when I was trying to be everyone else's anchor. Um, and now that I'm in such a, a better headspace, um, I feel like I have more to offer. Yeah. More yeah. present, more to give, more more here, more available for people. Um, probably even more creative and more inspired. I mean, a lot of people think when you're using you get creative and to an extent that's true, but yeah. then also it gets a little fuzzy after a while. Yeah. Um, so interestingly, another thing that we connected over was Kyle Gray. Yes. So um, Kyle Gray is a Hay House author. Yes. <laughs> and um, <laughs> He's in Scotland and he's fantastic. Um, he's in his early 30s, which is young for the, the spiritual community. Mm. And he's known as the angel guy. 
and um, I was in his um, angel tribe, which is now known as Angel Team, for three years. I'm actually, I'm on his website. I'm one of his certified practitioners, so I'm in the directory on um, kylegray.co.uk. And um, so I'm a certified angel card reader and a certified angel guide, and I studied with him, and he's fantastic, and I love it. And you saw that on my website, and you um, <laughs> sent me a picture <laughs> that you had of his deck. And then what I remembered later is that Kyle Gray used to be a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> and he, you know, he took a break from like, he had a, a an angel column and angel club and things that he was doing. He took a break from the spiritual things that he was doing for several years. And I think he didn't know if he was ever going to go back to it. I think he didn't want to be like pegged into that. You know, he wanted to explore what felt natural to him. And he loves going out for a couple of drinks with his friends, you know, and like, and he worked as, as a DJ for a while. And I think he was pretty successful at it. He went by magic with a K. And um, so I remembered that and I thought how cool that I feel like you guys have that in common. And, and Kyle Gray has been such an inspiration in my own path. Yeah. And such a spiritual guy. And he absolutely makes that connection between music and lighting people up and bringing people together and raising the vibration. Like that's the name of wow. one of his books is Raising yes. Vibration. I was, I was listening to that this morning. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's um, Kyle Gray is awesome. <laughs> like I remember I was I was listening to him a few times when I was falling asleep like I, I, I put the hey house you can heal your life podcast on every single night before I fall asleep um, and when Carl Gray came on to talk about angels I was like so intrigued because I didn't even I thought angels were just like a, a fairy tale made up type thing right um, yeah so and I was quite skeptical but then I got I got the deck um, and I I've, I've only been doing like mainly daily readings. I'm not going like too deep into the nine card spreads and things like that, but it almost every single one has been spot on with how I'm feeling uh, in my life right now. And, you know, like Archangel Michael, I got him four days in a row um, out of a deck of 44 cards or whatever it is. So that's quite, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, powerful. Yeah. Yeah, so his first um, oracle card deck is called Angel Prayers, and there's actually a card in there which is Connect with Music. I don't know if you're familiar with that card. Um, I have the original version of the deck. I haven't, I haven't drawn that one yet. Yeah. And the, the artwork may have even changed, so I don't know if it's... Did you get that today? The, um, um, this is... Oh, that's... Yes, same one. This is from the... Yeah, the yeah, Angel, Angel Prayers. Prayers deck. That's the one that I have. Um. Yes. And so the card is connect with music and the prayer says, thank you, angels, for inspiring me through music. And I just wanted to read a little bit what he said in the guidebook, because sure. I feel like I feel like it's inspiration for you. I okay. feel like I feel like it brings together the things that light you up, that you're passionate about, that you're good at, and that this is affirmation for you that like keep doing this music, you know, keep working as a DJ. If that still feels right to you, then find a way that feels oh, authentic yeah. because it absolutely raises the vibration. It can reach people on a heart level that words just yeah. can't. My goal is to to keep I'm not going to let my music passion die just because I'm into this spiritual space now I'm, I'm going to find a way I'm not sure how yet but I'm going to find a way to sort of connect it all together 
Very cool. Yeah. So it says the angels are encouraging you to take time in your day to listen to music. Use it as a tool to help yourself relax and enjoy life. Music brings people together, and it's important to spend time with like-minded friends and loved ones, an environment where you can dance and have fun. I just got chills because you were talking about your dance videos. Yes. Um, taking some time to do this allows your heart to open to the inspiration from the angels surrounding you. Like when we feel really good, oh. when we feel really good like that's angels that's divine that's our higher self coming through and the expanded interpretation says you are a beacon of light and the angels want to help you connect with their guidance and inspiration listen to positive and uplifting music is so important for your spiritual growth as you do so your heart will open up and draw the angels close to you they're desperate to dance at your side make it happen there are also messages coming to you through lyrics and music so keep your ears open and if you're a musician the angels want to be a part of your musical career invite them in oh my god i just got chills because <laughs> I go for my morning walks every day and I sing so loud. Like that's my thing in the morning, just singing and going for my morning walk. And you just mentioned that, you know, lyrics will sort of stick out to you. And I was listening to a song um, called Rhinestone Cowboy by Glenn Campbell. I'm not sure if you know it, but when I listened back to the lyrics, it was like a rhinestone cowboy getting cards and letters from people I don't even know and offers coming over the phone. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's me. <laughs> and, it's like, it, and it's just like an uplift. So, yeah, now I'm, I'm, really, uh, I'm really paying attention to some of the lyrics. And as well, I've got um, We Consciousness, the book uh, that is, you know, channeled Wayne Dyer. And out of nowhere on my shuffle on my Spotify, we are the world came on you know michael jackson did the we are the world we are the children mm. and i'm like we <laughs> like we <laughs> so yeah. yeah just things like that um yeah I, I i love music and i haven't always been into meditation it's only been recent but i feel like everyone has their own way of connecting with with their their higher self for some people it can be running you know, some people meditate, like, and there's so many different types of meditation. Um, and it's just finding what's what suits you. But it could be going for a walk in nature without your phone and just receiving, you know, your downloads that way. So my thing is going for walks and listening to music. And now I've started doing um, uh, the R and the OM meditations as well. And I've noticed that they, um, they've made a difference. And it's so weird when I'm doing the morning R meditation, I put my hands out like um, on my lap and I feel like energy coming into my hands i don't know what it is but yeah. i just feel You're like, receiving yeah it's receiving it like and and i checked like I, I i ran up and checked the windows like are any windows open where like wind can get in and like all the windows are closed i'm like yes this is cool <laughs> <laughs> yes well you're you're so open and yeah. so so much is coming to you and i i think that's so important like if you think of like a camera lens mm. um the way that it opens and closes that's us right it's like we're in this sea of love we're in this sea of support and we're only going to receive as much as we let in so mm. something will happen to crack that open for us and when we choose to open to it whoosh, like it can just come into a flood. Like it doesn't have to take a long time. It doesn't have to be hard. Your life can change in an instant. Yeah. And do you feel like, because at the start I was meditating and I was, I was asking for answers and, you know, asking how may I serve and who do I need to talk to and 
What, sh- what will you have me know? And I was sort of getting a little frustrated because I wasn't getting answers on the spot. I was feeling like when I call in my angels, I feel these, uh, you know, goosebumps, but I, I couldn't interpret any messages. But then, you know, sometimes it's like that they don't come then and there when you ask. It's they show up yeah. into your life in their own divine timing. So, well, and, that's why that's why I love oracle cards because yeah. oracle cards straight are away signposts. Yeah, they're signposts to the messages that are unique for you. Yeah, and so it may not even be what's written on the card. It mm. might be something about that picture that jumps out to you, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I know exactly what this means." Um, Kyle Gray would remind you to ask to be of service in a way that also serves you. Yes. Because he said he he used to pray about, like, I want to be of service, I want to be of service, and then he just felt like he was being used. So now so he's it, like... <laughs> how may I serve myself serve and others? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've you got to include yourself in that in that receiving. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think, I think a better thing than asking a specific question is asking like, what, what do I need to know today? Mm. Or what do I most need to know? Because I think the less of an agenda and the more open that we are, the easier it is for us to hear that, that coming in. But it is a practice for me. Oracle cards really lit up my intuition. I actually want to do a course about that because I'm so passionate about it. And then I hear people like Kyle Gray saying the same things when he was working with cards that really increased his psychic abilities, his ability to hear and receive messages, Mm. because it's like it practices putting us in that receptive space of listening. But yeah, it doesn't necessarily come to you in that moment. You might just be connecting with energy. You might just feeling it coming through your crown chakra, through your hands. You know, you might just feel more peaceful, you know, and when and when you're more peaceful throughout the day, then those messages can come to you at the moment that you need them or the moment that you're listening. <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I sometimes... Get- uh, make myself anxious because I try to do so many things at once. Like, oh my God, I got to do my angel cards. I got to be change the thoughts, change the life. I got to watch my diaries the shift. I got to do so many things in a day and I sort of do get worked up. So yeah. <laughs> it's about just sort of just letting it flow and sort of slowing down because that's one thing that I've always sort of, I get excited about things and I go, I jump in head first into the deep end. Um, and then, and, yeah. and like you said, when you sent, uh, when you sent me a message, it's like, I, I do, sort of get in and get excited and then I, I lose momentum and then I get on to the next thing and that's been the story of my life but uh the thing is <laughs> that's totally okay it's yeah. totally okay that you ride the wave of that momentum and then it goes ride away. wave that's the surfing but- thing Yes. Oh, oh. Uh, yes. But what's not okay, what's not okay is to judge yourself, to think, oh, no, I'm supposed to maintain that momentum all the time. It's totally okay, especially for you, especially for you. Thank you. That makes me feel Ride that. Ride that wave of momentum. Don't 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 let people tell you to slow down because yeah. that's your that's you riding your excitement. What I want you to do is is when is when that excitement drops to to take that. You know, it's like the wave comes in. Yeah. And then it goes back out. And then it comes in and then it goes back out. And if wow. every time the wave went out, you're like, oh, my God, I'm losing it. Or I, I failed or I didn't. I, I overcommitted. It's all part of the life. ocean, right? Like yes. that that's makes it like that's I just got chills all over my body. I did, too. 
<laughs> yeah, wow. Okay, well, before this turns into full-on reading for Brandon, which we should do at some point because that would be really fun. Um, probably not publicly, but you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, this has been a really interesting conversation. Wayne Dyer, Kyle Gray, Angels receiving. It's funny um, because I wasn't actually into Angels before Kyle Gray either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because my business is Angel Tarot. Um, but I had think I had thought of angels as like this, you know, medieval Christian representation Same. of like, and and I so I'm not really religious, so it didn't really resonate for me. But when Kyle Gray talked about angels, I got it. I got it. <laughs> and it's shame. It's like it's just a name that we give to an energy that we experience. Mm. And I feel like the angels are just faces of God. They're just facets of the one energy. Um, that we are, that is our source, that we stem from, that we all are. It's not really separate from us, but we experience everything is separate from us. And that gives us kind of a personal interaction that we can have. You know, you can talk, you can talk to Archangel Michael and say, you know, thank you for helping me to feel safe in my life, right? Or, or thank you for removing obstacles. And, and it's not that he needs to be this entity or this person, because really are any of us, because we're all one. At yeah. the deepest level, there really is no separation. So it's, it's so hard for our little human brains to understand. But I know at the deepest level, we're all one. That's beautiful. I agree. <laughs> Now I've gotten us off on a tangent. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, for people who want to learn more about you or, um, you know, donate to your cause, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, so they can just find me on Facebook. It's my name, Brandon Manjin. Uh, it's the one with the little blue tick. <laughs> um, or on um, on Instagram, it's just my name as well, Brandon Manjin. Uh, you know, you can reach out to me if, you, if you'd like to chat. I reply to pretty much every message I get. Uh, that's one thing that's quite important to me is, is just getting back to everyone who reaches out. So yeah, if you'd like to chat and you found this conversation quite interesting, I'm more than happy to connect with you. And now you're an ambassador for Mindful Oz. So how do people um, donate to the, to the fundraising? Yeah. So the fundraiser, um, you can find it on the Mindful Oz website, which is uh, www mindful m-i-n-d-f-u-l-l oz.com.au um and or just go to my uh facebook page and it should be there as well i think i might have stuffed up that link but yeah you can just send me a message if you'd like to donate and i'm I'm happy to send you the direct link great and oz is a-u-s for those of us in the states who speak a different language hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i totally butchered that the sides of the world yeah um, no that's good and i think that you know let's share it in the wayne dyer wisdom community too so people can get those links and um yeah yeah thank you for coming on and thank you for sharing your story and you know you strike me as someone with big energy and big ambition and you're not afraid to go your own way you're not afraid to do things differently i have no doubt that you are going to explore a lot of different things in your life and i look forward to hearing all about it so don't be a stranger stay in touch and um, i'm excited for your journey thank you nadia thank you thank you Thank you. And for all our listeners, thank you for following Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life and telling your friends about it. To learn more about this podcast, you can go to NadiaDelaCruz.com. Until next time. 
take care of yourself and take care of each other. Namaste.